gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone to Functional Medicine Research. I'm Dr. Hedberg. Very, very excited today to have Dr. Theodore Belfour on the podcast. First heard about Dr. Belfour in James Nestor's new book called Breath. And we're going to be talking about all of that today on the show. And Dr. Belfour, he's a graduate of New York University College of Dentistry and a senior certified instructor for the International Association for Orthodontics. In the 1960s, Dr. Belfour was sent to Vietnam to work as the sole brigade dentist for 4,000 soldiers of the 196th Light Infantry. From the jungles of Vietnam to Park Avenue in Manhattan, upon his return, he opened his own private dental office in New York City and has been in private practice for more than 40 years. And Dr. Belfour specializes in the treatment of the cranial facial system, and that's what we're going to be diving into today. So Dr. Belfour, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Excellent. So why don't we start by talking about how this all began and go back to, you know, what happened that changed the cranial bones, the cranial structure, our skulls that led to this epidemic of, of airway issues, breathing issues, and all of the health issues that come with that. Well, uh, how we develop, how we grow and develop is based on how we breathe, how we swallow, and how we chew. So just looking at how we chew, uh, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture today in the U.S., 63% of our diet is processed and refined foods. So without the proper stimulation to the body, we are not fully expressing our genes. We're not developing to our full potential. Because of that, particularly when our jaws do not grow forward enough, uh, the retrusion of those jaws helps to push the tongue backwards into the airway and down the throat. So now we have compromised sleep and breathing. Mm. So it's a combination of things. I know, you know, Dr. Nestor talks about it in his, or uh, James Nestor talks about it in his book, the, uh, the changes in diet, soft food, uh, not enough hard foods, um, not breastfeeding. Can you talk a little bit more about these changes in our, our society and some of these predisposing factors that can cause an abnormal airway? Well, for me, uh, the enlightenment came uh, when almost 20 years ago, uh, I was treating performing artists who couldn't wear uh, braces and they wanted straighter teeth. And I used an appliance that had a unilateral bite block which basically in essence replaces the missing hard food in our diet. And guess what? The actors, performers were coming in and their makeup artists was telling, were, uh, was telling them that their faces are changing. 
And the singers were coming in and saying they were reaching higher notes. So that's what set me on the path. Um, you see, the concept in dentistry is to balance the bite all the time. And, the, and it's kind of an anathema to have when you bite down to hit on one side. However, if I give you a stick of gum to chew, nobody on the planet is going to chew on both sides at the same time. We chew on one side, then we chew on the other. And apparently from the research, uh, that many articles that have been written, the latest one in August 2018, that, uh, the Journal of Orthodontics and Dental Facial Orthopedics, uh, the concept, uh, they used a mammal, a pig, and they sent cyclical signaling to just two cranial sutures. So, and the result was that uh, that changed, reached all the cranial sutures, it created strain on the sutures, and that's the key word, because when we chew on one side, uh, we create strain at the sutural level. And the result was a widening and mineralization of the sutures. So in other words, there's your direct example of how a chewing works. And by the way, chewing is, one of the, uh, is basically a communication uh, that the body uses for development. The body works this way. There's only certain things the body understands. So chewing is really a reciprocal pressure, alternating pressure. And that reciprocal alternating pressure and strain is what helps to generate the growth. So, uh, breathing is reciprocal cyclical alternating pressure. And from a lot of articles written, uh, when we uh, breathe correctly, um, as we're developing, that air goes into all the, uh, the, the spaces in our skull, and that helps to stimulate the growth. So the body is responding to alternating pressure. And for swallowing, when we swallow, we create a volume pressure change. So all of this is how we develop. So the concept is, let's take an all appliance and let's duplicate what the body expects. And as a result of that, what we get literally is we get uh, expression of genes that have not been expressed before. We get craniofacial growth and development. We get the upper jaw growing bigger, but the key element is the central bone of the skull where the jaw hangs off. That's known as the sphenoid. And what we want is balance in the neurocranium, which is the eight bones, including the sphenoid, which are central to the skull. And I can go on and on about this, but we just had a conversation, you and I. What I believe is, um, you know, when this is an imbalance, your jaw is misaligned, for example, then your head is crooked, your neck, your shoulders, your back, everything is crooked. Your body is in stress 24 hours a day. That's high allostatic load, according to the U.S. government. That, that basically reduces the body's resilience. Reduce, reduction in resilience can lead to all kinds of issues and problems. So I believe by, set, by aligning, by developing the cranial sutures, by getting a jaw balance, by getting the jaw to grow bigger so you breathe better, for example, all of this is a key central factor for improving your health. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a lack of, of breastfeeding and then we have increased consumption of processed foods that don't put enough strain on the chewing mechanism that would normally create healthy bones in the cranium. It sounds like that's one of the real main issues here and the drivers of this. 
And, I agree. Mm-hmm. and so, you know, I just think back when I was a kid, I mean, I was raised on breakfast cereal and, you know, the rest of the day didn't really, didn't really entail much consumption of, of foods that were difficult to chew. And uh, what we're seeing now, and, and you have a list of, of conditions that, that you like to see and, and things that you can help. So can you talk a little bit about some specific conditions that you see a lot of? Well, I start with an, with an evaluation. I do a very, very comprehensive evaluation. What we do is we uh, have the patient, uh, we, we send them for a cone beam scan or we take a cone beam scan. It's three-dimensional cranial scan uh, and, and also a facial photo. Now, understand this. Even if you look in the mirror, you can tell whether you have a facial asymmetry. So, for example, one eye is lower. Uh, you know, you have a deeper depression on one side between uh, your nose and the corner of your mouth. What's this all about? Well, our mid-face, our mid-face, the way it grows, it's two separate bones. It's called one bone. It's called the maxilla, the upper jaw. But that is actually two bones. And it literally grows downward and forward as we grow. Now, if one of those two bones does not grow as downward and forward as much as the other, then that bone is set back. Your face ages more rapidly on that side. And by the way, your jaw is up and back on that side. So your jaw is crooked. So literally, my first evaluation, I can help to diagnose a patient's problem by just looking at their face. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, we also are interested in the head posture. Uh, we're in the, uh, we look at the uh, cervical spine for head posture, forward head posture. Let me explain forward head posture. Today, it's a disaster. Everybody's on their computer, their cell phone, their tablet, they have forward head posture. Dentists, for example, they're working all day long in a forward head posture. So what's the story with the forward head posture? Well, if you have your head forward and then you lift your chin to look around, what happens is literally your back of your tongue drops down your airway. So you have either folks who start out uh, using their computer too much, cell phones, et cetera, with forward head posture, and they end up with a tongue in the airway, or there's the reverse. There's the folks that don't develop their jaw forward. They have retruded mandible and the tongue is in the airway. And when the tongue is in the airway, since the air has to go through our nose and make a a right turn to go down behind our tongue. If our tongue is in the airway, our head must come forward for us to breathe properly. So in the end, either way, we end up with forward head posture and the forward head posture makes things worse when the back of the tongue drops down the throat. So this is part of my diagnosis. First the face, then the posture. Then we actually look at your development. Now the whole cranial system the development of the face, for example, is based on in our womb, in our womb, when we're growing, the first thing that grows is the brain, the cranium, and the basic cranium, the base of the brain that supports the brain. That basic cranium, those dimensions are what determine or should determine the dimensions of your face. So when we compare the dimensions of that cranial base to the face, we know exactly where you're lacking. Now, for example, if you have a short face, well, it's we use uh, you basically uh, we can make more room for the tongue with the appliance that we use. If you have a long face, chances are 
uh, you've been uh, breathing through your mouth, been a mouth breather with a poor swallow. So then the next thing we're going to look is at your tongue posture. How do you use your tongue? How you use your tongue is directly related to how your face develops. So I think you're starting to, uh, to get the idea. Um, we evaluate the craniofacial development of each individual. We see where they're lacking. Does their jaw need to come forward? Does their upper jaw, which we can only do surgically, is that so far back that that needs to come forward through surgery? Uh, but the point is, um, our, pro our protocol is, is, has five goals. And, and if we stick to those five goals, we can help every single patient we treat. Uh, the first goal in the protocol, is, we call it pressurizing the airway to depressurize the airway. That's breathing through your nose 24 hours a day. So we want you to wear uh, or to use mouth tape at night to ensure that you breathe through your nose. Um, uh, the, second th uh, the second goal is to improve uh, tongue posture and swallowing to make sure, for example, that you don't have a tongue tie. That would be part of it. Uh, the third goal is to tone the airway. Now, this is critical. The American Association for Orthodontists, in their white paper on the etiology, the cause of sleep apnea, they clearly state it's the collapsibility of the airway. However, none of the treatment protocol are directed towards the collapsibility of the airway. And basically, the appliances that I developed, that's exactly what they do. They tone the airway. The airway is a muscle. You can actually take that muscle, those muscles that support the airway, the muscles that lift the tongue, the suprahyoids, uh, the muscles that maintain the, of the tongue, the genioglossus. We can take those muscles and tone them to maintain your airway. That's the third factor. The fourth factor is called the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system runs so many factors of your body, and that's directly related to how you breathe. So even, you know, yogis knew for 2,000 years or whatever how important it is to control your breathing. So we do that. We provide breathing exercises. We show you how to breathe correctly so you can fall asleep, for example. We show you how to breathe to lower your cortisol and raise your melatonin, which is how you sleep. And of course, and the fifth goal is to improve your head posture. So if we take a patient and we pursue those five goals, every single patient is going to improve one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I'd like to take a quick moment to make you aware of some important resources that are available to you. The first is to make you aware that I not only see patients in my practice in Asheville, North Carolina, but I also have a virtual practice where I consult with patients worldwide through telehealth. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world, we could consult through our telehealth software. The second resource is the resources page on my website, where I list all of the supplements and products I use both personally and in my practice. This can be found at drhedberg.com forward slash resources. And the third resource is for healthcare practitioners who want to learn functional medicine or improve their functional medicine skills. I offer online functional medicine courses at the Hedberg Institute, which is my online functional medicine education platform. You can see all the courses I offer at hedberginstitute.com and sign up to watch a sample course video at no charge. That's hedberginstitute.com. And now back to the show. 
Yeah. And we've all seen those, you know, we see people with really thin, long faces and, and different abnormalities like that. And so you can tell somewhat by looking at them and then, and then you do the scan and, and treatment. And so do you believe that, you know, an adult say in their forties, fifties and up can actually change these bones, even though they've, they've completely formed? Yeah, the answer is absolutely. I've, I've been doing that for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, we can stimulate the body. First of all, all physiologic systems have built-in mechanisms for self-correction. It's just a matter of stimulating the body and the body will generate self-correction. So we can grow bone and we can reposition bone in so-called non-growing adult patients. And we don't do it with palate expansion. We do it literally by providing the correct signaling mechanism to the body. Um, and that correct signaling mechanism kicks in genes, uh, expressive genes that have never been expressed before. The first research on that was done actually around 2003 at the University of Illinois, where they took adult male rats and they put a unilateral bite block behind one central incisor. So when the rat was chewing, it was creating strain within the cranial system. Then they looked at the cranial system after they dissected the rat. And what they found was cranial changes that took place that can only be attributed to the upregulation or switching on of genes in the body. That's what told me exactly what I was doing with my unilateral bite block system. So yes, the answer is we can grow bone, we can reposition bone, we remodel the bone and it's not palate expansion, it's something called morphogenesis, which is a physiologic size and shape change, it's growth. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned sleep apnea, which is really, I mean, I think it's at least half of Americans uh, have sleep apnea, probably more undiagnosed. That's that's clearly an airway issue. And you mentioned the collapse of the tongue and the muscles in the airway and that blocks it while people sleep. And so have you seen with your work improvements or elimination of, of sleep apnea? Can you talk a little bit about more about that issue? Yes. Um, I actually don't address my treatment directly to sleep apnea. What I address my treatment to is what you might call pre-sleep apnea. Um, because, you know, sleep apnea is a complex and dangerous problem and should be in the hands of a medical professional, uh, a physician. So uh, if somebody has, uh, for example, moderate to severe sleep apnea, I believe they should be uh, treated by this physician. However, our young folks today, they're all uh, suffering. And when I say young, I mean anywhere from, uh, let's say uh, 17 to 50. Uh, what you're happening there is you're getting a much smaller collapse of the airway. It's not sleep apnea, it's something called upper airway resistance. However, the way the body works, if you have a tiny collapse in your airway and you're young and healthy, your brain thinks you're gonna suffocate. And what does it do? It sends signals to the body. The result is a form of adrenaline in your blood, which takes you from deep sleep to light sleep, uh, raises your heart rate um, and your blood pressure, by the way, and you go through this cycle called a desaturation cycle. Some of the yoke folks, uh, when we look at their cycling time, the percentage of their sleep during a cycling event, 
they can be 50%. I mean, I'm not kidding you. 25 to 50% of their sleep, they're fighting for survival. And if you send them for an overnight study for sleep apnea and say, oh, you're fine. You have no sleep apnea. That's, that's absolutely insane. So uh, by the way, uh, toning the airway um, and uh, the cycling time are directly related. If you tone the airway, you reduce the cycling time, the amount of time that you're in a desaturation event. So you can take, um, and, and, and it can happen in three to six months when you're young by toning the musculature. Uh, we can take somebody who has 20, 25% of their sleep uh, fighting for survival, and in six months, uh, they're fine. And they have 3%, which is, uh, you know, in a normal range. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm directed towards. I think that the concept of, uh, you know, this sleep apnea business is highly overplayed, tremendously overplayed, uh, because sleep apnea is so complex. The idea of curing it is far-fetched. Uh, I mean, you can improve it. You can improve quality of life when you direct yourself towards treating sleep apnea. But curing sleep apnea is a whole other ballgame, which I don't really believe exists. So what I do is I try to help those folks to improve their breathing so they don't end up with sleep apnea, for God's sakes. Just, just try this. Think about your airway as a tube, which it is. And when you breathe through your nose, you can try. Just breathe in through your nose. You can feel the pressure on that tube. So that pressure is working that musculature. But then try breathing in through your mouth. There's none. There's zero pressure on the airway. So you can imagine. If you're not breathing through your nose all the time, you're not working, taking that muscle, that airway muscle to the gym. That's not a good story. So there is a number of ways, a number of ways to help people breathe better, which are natural physiologic, which is the body fixing the body, which is what we really should be doing in the 21st century. So uh, that's where I'm beheaded. That's where I go with this. Mm-hmm. And you list some really interesting conditions that... Uh you know, would make someone a candidate for this kind of work. So headaches, bruxism, which is, you know, teeth grinding and clenching, insomnia, irritable bowel syndrome, lack of alpha delta sleep. So it's interesting that, that you list irritable bowel. I know a lot of the listeners have uh, gut issues. Is there anything you wanted to add to that? How you would oh, connect definitely, definitely, irritable bowel? definitely. Um, what you need to do is um, look at Adam Gold's uh, publication of an article in 2003 uh, in uh, Chest, I believe it was. Um, he uh, did the research comparing, for example, upper airway resistance to sleep apnea. Now, let's start with sleep onset insomnia. There is absolutely no contest. Uh, upper airway resistance uh, contributes to the morbidity of, of, of uh, um, of sleep on and set insomnia may be five times more than uh, sleep apnea. Irritable bowel syndrome. Irritable bowel syndrome, upper airway resistance is at least three to four times more significant than sleep apnea. Uh, alpha delta sleep. Sleep apnea doesn't even fit in the program if you want to improve delta sleep. And on and on and on. In other words, upper airway resistance has been neglected and ignored. Um, I published, a, I was published an editorial in Cranio Magazine in 2010 on this. And 2010, it's now 2021, and nobody is paying attention. The whole deal is let's treat sleep apnea. Let's treat sleep apnea. That's ridiculous. If you want to fix irritable bowel syndrome with sleep onset insomnia, 
you treat up railway resistance. Mm -hmm. And the device that you use, it's called the homeo block. And so yeah. can you just talk a little bit about that? Is that just an oral appliance? Tell people what, what to expect with that treatment? Sure. So the homeo block is completely designed to be an epigenetic appliance. I mean, epigenetics is understood all around the world today. I mean, everything is related to epigenetics. Why? Um, in the Human Genome Project, by the time they were done in 2003, what they understood was how significant the environment plays in our gene expression. In other words, it's, we all have the genes that we inherited, but the key is the expression of those genes. And the environmental input is what causes the proper expression of the genes. So the appliance, the homeoblock, is designed to provide the correct signaling to the body. It has a unilateral bite block, which replaces the missing hard food in our diet, but it's also designed when you swallow. And by the way, with that appliance, you can only swallow correctly by pressing your tongue flat up against your palate, up against the acrylic of the appliance. And when you do that, that there are little springs that are specifically designed. So when you swallow those little springs, send a light cyclical signal, a cyclical light force signal to the, to the teeth, to the periodontal ligament around the teeth. Now the periodontal ligament, which sits around our root, our roots has a direct red phone to the DNA. There are mechanoreceptors in that ligament that talk directly to the DNA. How do we know that by the way? Well, just think about it. When you're born and you have teeth buds, they're in the bone of your jaw. And somehow they're surrounded by that ligament that's in direct communication with the DNA. As a result, as your jaw grows, if everything is right, all those tooth buds move exactly into the right position. Then the teeth erupt into a gorgeous smile. How'd that happen? That's because the um, periodontal ligament and the DNA were in direct communication. Well, the appliance is designed to signal the periodontal ligament, the mechanoreceptors, to upregulate the genes uh, that we haven't expressed. As a result, there are no genes for asymmetry. So as a result, we get a symmetrical growth in the maxilla, in the upper jaw, which helps to align the, uh, uh, the eight bones that I was talking about in neurocranium, which improves us posturally and by the way, what do I treat? I, I, I'm not only treating headache, I'm treating neck pain. I'm treating lower back pain because your head position is directly related. And with forward head posture today, we lose the cervical curvature. The, it's called cervical lordosis. Our forward head posture straightens our neck. We straighten our neck, our, our pelvis rotates, our lower back flattens. Um, that, that takes the uh, pelvic diaphragm and the thoracic diaphragm out of sync. They need to work together. So that affects breathing. Your head position affects your breathing in so many ways. So yes, we need to understand the big picture, the bigger picture about how the body functions. And that's what I call quantum. It's not mechanical. Unfortunately today, most of the therapies that are provided are pure, purely mechanical. I like to go into the world of quantum. How does the body function? And that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the mandibular advancement devices, which are becoming very popular for sleep apnea, that seems like it just essentially drives the jaw forward 
uh, hoping to move the tongue out of position of the airway, but that just seems like it would be addressing the symptom and not the cause. What, what exactly. do you think? <laughs> That's exactly right. Also, once you step into that world, and, and we're talking about the young people now, young people have breathing issues. And if we give them a mandibular advancement appliance, they have to wear that the rest of their life. And by the way, there's another consideration. Um, this is a little up there, but you're a physician, of course, you'll understand it. How our cranial base, remember, that's the brain, the cranium, the base of the cranium, how that develops is genetic. And we inherited that from our parents, 98%. Now, there is an angle of that base, which affects the position of our jaw. That angle is something we inherited. And in some of the folks, that's an obtuse angle and our mandible is supposed to be back, unfortunately. That's what we inherited. And now the dentist grabs a hold of you, uses a formula which says, we're gonna advance your jaw 70% of the, how far you can extend it. That may not be the position that your body wants to be in. There needs to be an overall uh, evaluation to determine how much you can bring the jaw forward. Mandibular advancement can be extremely effective and extremely helpful. If you understand the amount of vertical height you need and the amount of jaw extension you need before you make the appliance. And there's ways to do that. Mm -hmm. So could you talk to us about what it's like working with you? So you're in, in Manhattan. And uh, how can someone work with you? And then are there other options? How would they find a practitioner that's been trained by you uh, so, that, so they get the same level of care? Uh, so actually, my website, uh, Dr. Theodore Belfort, B-E-L-F-O-R.com. Um, if you email that website, we will definitely get back to you. And depending where you are, we'll locate a homeoblock certified uh, dentist to, to treat you. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the easiest way to do that. Mm -hmm. So the website is, uh, drtheodorebelfour.com and Dr. Belfour, I appreciate you coming on. Any, any last words you wanted to, uh, say to the audience? Uh, well, I wish everybody well out there. And I hope that, um, some of the things that I had to say tonight, uh, get you thinking, um, I, the, the issue is it's a pandemic. Just about every single one of us today are compromised some way in our craniofacial development. And um, I think the awareness of that is something that we need to be, uh, to understand and to uh, try to do something about it going forward. Excellent. Well, again, thank you for coming on. And to all the listeners, go to drhedberg.com and search for Dr. Belfour. And I'll have links to his website and any other resources that we talked about. So thank you for tuning in, everyone. This is Dr. Hedberg. Take care. And I will talk to you soon. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G dot com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.